My next guest originates from the state of Oregon. His song, Damn, which is produced by Ricky Desktop, has gained him millions of views on TikTok. He recently just got signed to a record label and is now in L.A. Introducing Jarris Johnson. I was like, damn, fucking Back to the podcast, everyone. Today I'm with a very special guest, the one and only Jarris Johnson. Yo, <laughs> there we go. So before we get into your new single, "Damn," let's go back and figure out how you actually started in music. Like I understand, like over a year ago, you started putting out cover songs and on YouTube. So how did that all come to be? Yeah, well, you know, I've had a longer story than that. Um, <laughs> we'll just, we'll fucking go all the way back. Can I cuss? <laughs> Hell yeah. Cussing a lot. For sure. Fuck. All right. Cool. So yeah, I basically started, well, let's, let's take it, let's take it way back. <laughs> and my mom was a singer. My dad was a drummer. They met playing in bands and then had me. I'm an only child. And basically I kind of grew up not super like into music you know wasn't like wasn't pursuing it like from a super young age or anything like that but around like 12 13 i was like started getting interested in it you know and started playing drums uh and i just realized i was really good at them immediately like i just understood you know it's like a language or something it was like just some kind of something in me that I just was good at immediately. And I was like, okay, maybe I should do this instead of fucking play basketball and play football and try to fucking be an athlete when I'm not (laughs) any of those things. And of course, like that's what you do when you're younger, like you get involved in sports or you, you know, do whatever. But when I was like 12 years old is when I picked up the drums and then kind of started just teaching myself the that and with my dad's help a little bit, obviously, to like get me started because he was a drummer. And then that that went on to these rock band camps that I got signed up for. My parents put me in and that was like my uh, light bulb moment. I think I was like 14 or 13 or 14 when I did the first one. I think, I think 13 actually. So I've been playing drums for like a year at that point. Mm-hmm. And then signed up these camps. And what they do is they like put you in bands with kids that are like of equal skill level to you. And then you learn three songs, like cover songs from a list that they have. And then you learn them all week and you perform them like on Friday in front of all the parents and like in front of everybody. And that first day at camp, I was just like, fuck, this is, this is so fun. Like, this is just like, all I want to do. And I realized like that I had fun practicing music when I never had fun practicing anything else. Like I never had fun practicing sports or practicing fucking homework or whatever, like anything like that. But I had fun just like practicing drums or like practicing music. So I kind of realized that was like my light bulb moment that did first day at camp. I was like, this is all I'm going to do. I just fucking love it. So I told my mom when she picked me up, like, yeah, this is all I want to do. I fucking love it. And, um, and she was like, cool. So they signed me up for every week of that summer. And that was kind of where I built my like foundation of music and like performing knowledge and all that shit um and i learned how to like i mean i was always a good singer and that came naturally to me because my mom was a singer but i learned how to like play drums and sing at the same time and i was like kind of the main singer of like the bands every week and and then i just kind of did that for a couple years and then through that i met all the members of my first band so i went on to make this metal band called audiophobia was the name of the of the metal band and we did that through all of high school 
And then that was like the path I thought I was going to be on. I was like, cool. I'm going to be a drummer, a singer in this metal band. We're going to get signed. We're going to do all the shit. And like, we did really well. And like, we had a good little fan base and like played a ton of shows, like just for years, all throughout our high school. And that was like my high school experience. And then, um, and then everybody went off to college mm. except for me <laughs> because I knew, I knew I just was going to do music, you know? And that whole entire time, like throughout the band, I taught myself how to play guitar and bass and piano. And I was, I was doing a lot, a lot of the writing and stuff then too for that band. And then like, I just was like, okay, I'm doing music. So everybody went off to college and I realized I had to figure out what the fuck I was going to do. Like how I was going to have a music career. And then that kind of started me down the whole like, quote unquote, pop lane. And I was always good at like writing pop songs. And I was always fascinated with like, making a hit song and this and that and the other. And so I was like kind of going down that lane. And I linked up with this buddy of mine who knew how to work Ableton, mm. which is like a you know, software to make music. He knew how to work that. Um, and so I was like, yo, you want to help me make some fucking songs? <laughs> so we started making like shitty EDM songs and shitty pop songs and shit. And then that kind of just led to a five year sort of like experience of trial and error and like trying to figure out who I was as an artist and what I wanted to do and what I wanted to sound like. And then I also taught myself how to produce like throughout that entire time period, you know, started learning everything myself, started learning how to record myself and all that shit. And then about like a year ago, I started figuring out the internet a little bit more started going viral with a couple of the covers and uh, the me and my mom covers mm -hmm. were like a couple of my like internet like things where I like kind of ran the rounds and like ended up getting a little bit like a based amount of followers like for my music you know and I was putting out music that was you know good but it wasn't really like I was never like never felt 100% like me you know mm -hmm. and then somewhere along the line this year it just all clicked for whatever reason. It was just like the time, the hard work, the effort, whatever. It just like, I just realized exactly like who I actually was versus who I was like trying to be, you know? And then I just started incorporating everything I loved from my childhood and like taking this, this like metal influence and like fucking up my voice a little bit and like, just like pushing the boundaries like a little bit further and blending more more and more things rather than just try to make something that i thought people would think was cool mm -hmm. you know i just started making shit that i thought was crazy or cool and just like it just it's just like if something something happened and it just flipped a switch this year yeah so then started trying on tiktok and playing that whole game because it fucking dominates the music industry now and all that shit and then landed on the damn tiktok and then that <laughs> blew up that blew up and got you know six million and that that really just started and then the past two months you know gained a million followers on tiktok and you know are just like uh, everything just moving so ridiculously fucking fast now but it took you know 10 years to get there so it's yes. like it's it, it really is that thing that people say where they're like oh it takes 10 years to blow up overnight that's that's how I feel. Feels like I've been doing it forever, but but just recently, it's just all like everything's just fell into place. Damn. Wait. So how old are you? Twenty four. Wow. <laughs> so how how old do I seem? <laughs> no, I was kind of getting that vibe. You know, like um, it's funny. Like when artists start out in music, they'll say crazy numbers like ten years. And then you're like, you think, hmm, they must be in their fucking 30s or some shit when they give like a big number like that. Yeah. But like I've, a lot of artists yeah. start hella fucking young <laughs> and they already have like a career yeah. path by the time they're 12. Oh my God, dude. I There, there are kids like, dude, you know how many like fucking famous like artists there are now that are like 16 years old, mm -hmm. you know, like, holy shit, it's crazy. Like it actually blows my mind. Like for one, just like A, how talented they are. And two, just the fact that they were able, the fact that they were able to somehow figure out what it took me to figure out 
but it took them, you know, two years or some shit like that. And I mean, everybody has a different story and stuff too. And like, that's something I really realized about the music industry. It's like, there's nobody, it's like such a mystery as to how to like, quote unquote, make it. And the reason is that everybody makes it in a different way. Mm-hmm. Like, there is one way that people make it ever. And everybody's story is like weird and different and unique. And like everybody like rises to success or, you know, makes it or achieves their dream or whatever. Everybody, it happens in a different way for everybody. Yeah. Like, um, my city is the perfect example. Seattle fucking little Mosey blew up. I think he was like 15 or some shit. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah. He's a, he's a perfect example of that. Like hella young fucking artist that just blows up. There's all kind. There's like there's a million of them, mm-hmm. um, and I remember when I was younger, like I'd always be jealous of them. Like man, like why can't I? Like I just I feel like I should be able to be like that or do that, you know? But like it's just not. Like I just can't do it. I can't figure it out. And I just every year, like you get better at something, and you look back at the last year, and you're like, holy fuck, that, it's embarrassing how bad I was a mm-hmm. year ago. Like and. It, whether it's making music or a podcast or a painting or fucking anything. Like if you're growing and like getting better, you're always going to look back at your old work, you know, and be like, Oh, that's like so much worse than what I'm doing now, at least in like the pretty key, like developmental stages of it, you know? And I always thought when I was like 18, 19, that I was like ready. I was good. I was like really good. And like, why isn't anybody signing me? And why, why aren't I getting the attention like this, that, and the other. And I remember like, getting angry about it, you know? And then just like, I, I just want to laugh and just like slap my, slap the shit out of my younger self. Like <laughs> you just have no, like you just weren't, you, like, you literally just weren't good enough yet. Like it just, it does for most people just take a lot of time to get really good at what, like whatever they want to do. Mm-hmm. And, and you realize that every single year you get better at something. For sure. So where do you live, by the way? Because I, I noticed with like a lot of artists, the community they, they're around sometimes help propels them forward. Like here in Seattle, we have a few great artists, of course, like the Nirvanas, Pearl Jams, Macklemore's. I don't even, I know Macklemore's from here and I know he's huge, but I recently looked at his Spotify. That dude has like, Thrift Shop has like over a billion views on Spotify and things like that. I never really took time to realize how big Macklemore is. But like in Seattle, we don't oh, really have a major music scene quite yet. And we're still building it up. But like if you're from like LA or something like that, it's easier to find the connection. So for you, where did you grow up? Um, well, I grew up in Oregon and was there for 24 years mm-hmm. until now. And I literally just moved to LA because basically out of necessity, you know, <laughs> out of ever everyone I'm working with now and out of everything and just... The, op- the opportunity. I always said, like, I always hated the fucking idea of, like, living in L.A. I was just like, ugh, it just doesn't feel like me. And, like, I don't know. I was just like, I don't, I don't know if I want to, like, live in a huge city or whatever. But I always said, like, if the opportunity was there and, like, I had money or something, like, I wasn't going to starve. I wasn't going to have to go get some shitty job I didn't like and just, like, try to grind it out, like, I would go there, but for now it's like, I'm playing the game. I'm like, I'm getting better. I'm like doing my thing in Oregon. Like it's fine, mm-hmm. you know? And then once everything has happened over the past couple months, I just, I had an opportunity to come, come here and get a place. And I actually kind of fucking love it. Like everybody hates on LA and like, I kind of did too, but like, <laughs> damn dude, fucking pretty fun actually. Like, it's just, it's crazy. And you know, something I noticed about living in LA now too, is that like, dude, making music feels different Mm. here. Like you just feel like you're, I guess just because of the energy or just like the history, you know, being in fucking Hollywood or something, just like, just the vibe that's here. just like, especially when you're like trying to make shit that's like pushing the boundaries and like, you know, moving the like culture forward and this, that, and the other. And like, once you, once you like start doing that, like, like just get involved in like the community here, there's just like this specialness about it. It's like, it feels like you're in a moment in history, you know, or something, you're just creating something that could permeate here. And like, 
there's just like a vibe. There's just like something in the air, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it just feels like, even when I'm like, if I'm just listening to music on Spotify, driving around LA, like it feels different to listen to music here because I don't know. It just does. Like I just can't, I can't describe it any other way besides that. It just does. That's crazy. So with the Oregon music scene, is it kind of niche like Seattle? Like I know there's a few artists in Oregon who've definitely made a pretty big name for themselves. I think there's one girl named like Winnie or Win, like the W-Y-N-N-E or something like that. I know she's worked with quite a few artists. I have no idea. <laughs> I, I actually, I mean, I think like quote unquote, the Oregon music scene doesn't really exist. I mean, <laughs> as, much as, as much as any other, I mean, like, I guess Portland has its own like, you know, crazy thing or whatever, but I don't know. When I think of like a music scene, I guess, or whatever, I just, I feel like it has to be just like in a pretty big like place, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And, or, I mean, every, every state or every country has a music scene, quote unquote, you know, or whatever, but like anything that's actually making like a huge impact or like churning out a bunch of like very famous artists or anything, like I've never heard of I've heard of anybody like really coming to Oregon that's like done anything huge. Um, so I don't know, whatever. That's kind of why I never like, I never, I, I, I never played live like as Jairus ever because I did that. I did that with my band for years. Like it was fun and I love it and I love playing live, but like, I just kind of knew that like the internet is the only thing that mattered right now, you know, to like get everything started so why waste the time like playing the live shows um, without any following? You know, what am I going to do? Go to fucking some bar or something and play for 10 people that don't even know who I am and don't care. <laughs> you know, it's just like, it, I just figured uh, I might as well just pump all my energy into the internet at first, get a fan base, then start live. And it happens that by the time I did that, I live in LA. So, I mean, maybe if I was still in Oregon or if, you know, COVID wasn't happening or whatever, like I would, I would play like a live show at this point or something just to see like, if anybody would come, <laughs> mm-hmm. which I honestly, yeah, if anybody would or not, but like, I don't know. I just, the whole idea of a music scene is just so it's, it's like, it's in- interesting. It's, it's almost dated now because yeah. of the internet social media, you know, cause like the world is a music scene. It's not really like, it's not so geographical anymore at all. Right. So if this does go viral, though, like um, one of Little Mosey's interviews went viral and he kind of said the same thing, that there's no music scene. And now whenever he comes back to Seattle, people are like, fuck this guy. So if there is a music scene in Oregon <laughs> that you may or may not know about, what is some advice that you give these artists that are maybe struggling to let people know that there is a scene? You are my, you are my fucking honest Honest uh, advice is to go get fucking famous on TikTok. <laughs> That's my fucking advice, bro. Like, uh, it is the people have people resist it a lot, like especially within in the music industry and shit. Like everybody hates TikTok, quote unquote. But man, you have to realize like this is the biggest fucking app like ever in history, and people are using it every day to get what they want to get out there, whether that's their art or music or anything like that. So you would be very stupid not to use it and try your hardest at it because it's changing. It fucking changed my life, you know? And obviously there's another caveat to that, which is, which is obviously like work on your fucking music figure out what you want to do, figure out what you want to do differently than everybody else, what you want to sound like, have fun doing it and like be, you know, it sounds cliche, but like be true to yourself and like just try to figure out what you want to make and, and make that. But, but once you've done that and once you have like a music or an idea that you're proud of or you're happy with or you're excited about, use the fucking internet, man. Like use TikTok, use the tools, get creative, try to get out there and get attention because that like you have to get fans somehow and back in the day it was go play live shows and put on a fucking great show and interact with people in person and you know and 
get with local bands and build a community and all this shit. And now it's fucking get followers, get attention on social media, get people to care, put your, put your shit out there. You know, like it's, it's a, it's 2020 about to be 2021 and it's just different now. It's just fucking different. And like you either embrace it or you get left behind. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So uh, my advice would just be to like fucking go for it. Use the internet, use the tools and like use it as an opportunity. Cause like TikTok, everyone talks about the, t- the algorithm on TikTok. You know, it is really good. It will put your shit in front of people, even if you have zero followers. And there's a chance, like somebody with zero followers and zero anything, if you put up a good TikTok or a good whatever, a good cover, a good song, a good anything, there is a real chance it could go viral, even if you have zero followers, mm. zero following. That's not true of any other thing, any other social media. You can't just post a YouTube. I mean, maybe like there's been a few things, but. 99% of the time, if you're going to get something to get popular, if you're going to get attention for something, you're going to have to have some eyeballs on it initially, you know, to get it shared around. But TikTok is just, it will, you know, pump the, it will put your shit in front of people's eyeballs. And um, I think everybody just should be using it because that's been my experience. So my ultra biased opinion, I'm sure there's a million ways to like, you know, make it music. And like I said, everybody's, everybody's path is different mm-hmm. but like damn dude fucking it's 2020 tiktok is uh the biggest fucking deal right now and we're all locked inside anyways so get creative and fucking use it so would you care if you're described as like a tiktok artist or are you kind of an artist who is just understanding that tar- tiktok is just a marketing tool i'm i'm an artist that understands tiktok's marketing tool mm-hmm. <laughs> Like I've been, like I said, I've been doing this for fucking 10 years. And before, before I went viral, I was working on a catalog of music that was like, I had like 15 really solid, like finished tracks I was sit, I've been sitting on that I'm still sitting on that I haven't put out yet. But like, that's the difference between like, you know, just being a TikTok artist, being real artist is that I, I was ready for it. Like, I use TikTok to blow up and shit, but then once every fucking record label and music industry person was knocking down my door, you know, that that week, I had something to back it up that mm-hmm. was like, okay, you know, it's not just some TikTok kid dancing and doing whatever and that we're gonna try to like put him in the room with 500 million writers and producers and like try to make a song that's halfway decent so we can make a bunch of money off of it. Like I, I am a fucking artist like through and through and I'm just using TikTok right now to put myself in front of people. For sure. Do you, because you do have this like 10 years of experience when you do see an artist that is randomly just blowing up on TikTok overnight, do you still get a little frustrated with that though? Or do you just be like, it's part of your hustle and it's, just no, not at all. I mean, the, the 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 pie is big enough for everybody to fucking feast, bro. The internet is a ginormous place. There are tons and tons of people. Um, and if you notice, most people on earth don't just like one music artist and that's it. <laughs> you know, and like most people enjoy a variety of genres, artists, people, you know, and they'll follow and like a bunch of different things. So just cause some person is blowing up or whatever, like it's not a fucking, you know, it's like, it's not, it's not some, I mean, it is like quote unquote competitive, but like, it's not like, it's just like, there's so many, such a huge marketplace. Like the pie is so fucking big. Everyone can fucking eat and you know, it's like, I, I don't feel any type of way about anybody getting popular. Like I want, I want every artist to get as popular as they can be For sure. and as they want to be, like that's what they want. So did you get into TikTok like during this quarantine pandemic thing or did you understand it before that? Cause it's almost been like eight months now since this whole pandemic started. Yeah, I know. Um, I was aware of TikTok and it's rising 
um, I don't know, status, I guess you would say. Like, I was aware of it probably, I was definitely aware of it last year around like summer of last year and like kind of just the, it was kind of a joke, obviously, at first. Everybody was like, oh, TikTok and 15 year olds and dancing. And it was just kind of this cheesy like app. But of course, like all fucking great things, you know, it's a big fat joke first and it's all ironic at first. And then slowly but surely everybody starts using it and then it becomes the biggest fucking thing ever. So, you know, um, I was aware of it then and, but I never really started trying. I started posting on TikTok this year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I may have had a couple older TikToks I posted in 2019, but I don't think so. I, I feel like I remember majority of like my posts have been this year and um and i think it's this i think this year has been the year that like it kind of got on 99 percent of people's radars you know mm-hmm. what i mean I, I i would imagine if you would look at the numbers of like tiktok downloads i would bet that 2020 was its biggest year for of sure. downloads for sure so yeah i've been aware but i really started u- using it this year and then obviously in the past couple months been using it ferociously. Mm -hmm. So how did the creation of this damn song get created? It is, I can see the influence from TikTok because it is like one of those shorter songs that people can play on TikTok and that's how it blew up. So what was the process behind creating this song? Okay. Well, the song, you know, the beat is the fucking banjo beat by Ricky Desktop, Mm -hmm. which was a big viral like TikTok beat for a while. And, it was kind of at its peak virality. And I was like, oh, I wonder what would happen if I just like put a vocal over this, like just cause. And actually a couple days prior to like me having that thought, I had wrote the hook to damn, like, I was like, damn. I wrote that whole fucking thing, just like in my kitchen, just like a voice memo idea. Uh, just, I don't know why, just an, just an idea that like came to my head. And then when I was thinking about, you know, putting vocals to the banjo beat, I remembered that hook and I was like, ooh, I wonder what that would sound like. So I just started mumbling it and I was like, that's actually pretty cool. So then I wrote the verse and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, it, it was really as simple as that. It doesn't have some magical fucking story or anything. <laughs> like that was like just some dumb, dumb hook idea that I had in my kitchen completely separately like this random thought that came into my head and then two days later i heard the banjo beat and put it together wow and that was that did you know ricky do you know ricky desktop personally now at least or did you know him before uh, so, I mean, re- like not really i never talked to him we you know made a deal for the song and both of our names are on the song but that's it oh wow <laughs> that's crazy yeah do you think he's kind of because there's there's like TikTok artists, TikTok rappers, TikTok dancers, or whatever? Do you kind of think he falls into that like TikTok producer now? Is that like a thing that's coming up? I'm, he certainly made a brand. I mean, yeah. I mean, duh. Like, yeah. He he made a fucking he made an entire brand and following out of that. So yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's other too. You know, like. Producers are starting to get into like, you know, using social media and being like social media producers like Kenny Beats is another big one. Like a lot of people know. Um, And, you know, yeah, people are people are TikTok is like the Wild West right now. Like everybody's figuring out just how to leverage it in their own way. You know what I mean? And it's still a new shit happening. It's like it's just crazy. It's just like a. It's like a lawless wasteland of ideas. Right. So you recently put out the remix for Damn. Like, how did you get in contact with Nickelback, and how did that come to be? So I fucking, um, like, one of the main comments, like, it's funny, when you when you go viral and, like, you blow up or, quote-unquote, get famous, you you realize quickly who everybody thinks that you look like and remind them of. And a million comments on the damn TikTok were about Nickelback, Chad Kroger, like all that shit. And 
that was something I've literally never thought about before in my life. Like <laughs> I said, I sound him, that I look like him, like any of that. I've never even, that never even occurred to me, even remotely. And then saw those comments and I thought, you know what would be fucking crazy is if I could get Nickelback like on the remix or just like doing a verse, like how wild would that be? And um, from everything that's happened, like I, I signed a record deal um, with 300 and I just told them about the idea and they fucking love the idea. So one of my ANRs is good buddies with Chad and Nickelback and they have some history. So I got a hold of him and asked him if he'd be willing to do it. And he loved the song and was like totally down to do it. So it just kind of came, it was just born, honestly, it was born of everybody on TikTok fucking commenting and like, you know, like, yeah, it's like, it's, that stuff, that is like the coolest thing about it, in my opinion, is just like the, like, that's a sense of community. You know what I mean? Like you talk about scenes or communities or whatever. Fucking how crazy is it that everybody could comment all this shit, give me an idea, and I could just go tell that idea to my A&R, and then all of a sudden, in a month, it's a re- actually a reality. Like, it's just the, the interactivity and the involvement that, like, the fans can have in the actual creation of the art is like crazy like that so it's got a cool like story in that sense of the word but um you know beyond that it's not really that crazy right (laughs) because Nickelback's like an older band at this point this is like a remix do you think overall this helps your image or Chad's image more with maybe them trying to rebrand and like connect with the younger generation uh fucking i don't know i don't i I don't much care (laughs) like i'm just like i just wanted to do it because i thought it would be fun to do Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it just like whether it helps me or helps them or helps us both or helps one of us more than the other like who cares you know what i mean it's just like it's about having fun and like making fun art and crazy shit and to me this was a crazy fucking idea and a crazy fun idea and i just wanted to do it for Mm -hmm. that reason alone and, you know, also there's kind of like something to be said for just like, I want to, I think that era of music is like, just like the mid 2000s, like rock, alternative rock, like era is like, that was like the fucking biggest genre of music for a while. <laughs> like that was like the most popular genre of music for a hot minute there, like in the 2000s. And nobody has really like, tapped into that in a modern way yet at all like there's obviously been like emo rap and punk and like all this like nostalgic like stuff it's like kind of being brought back but nobody's thought to fucking bring back nickelback mm-hmm. or some shit like that like, nobody's thought to try to make that modern or try to try to do that new and like what i want to do is just like push music forward and like create the next like sonic wave of like what the fuck is cool right. like i just want to make the next big thing and like and i want to make rock music quote unquote like cool as fuck again because it has been stuck in the mud and old and like a rotting dinosaur corpse for too long and it needs to be made cool as fuck again you know what i mean it just needs to be made cool and the way you do that is by pushing shit into the future and just you know like making it like 2030 so part of the part of the idea of that is the kind of marriage of old of something familiar with something new and so i actually kind of love the idea of you know bringing in these legends to like help usher to like co-sign the new you know wave essentially i i think i just fucking love that i think that's cool as fuck see that's that's exactly what i'm doing too realistically with the podcast like I'm having on like these brand new artists and then mixing in super old artists. Like I just had on like Dell the Funky Homo Sapien, who's been around since the freaking eighties. Goody Mob been around since like late eighties, nineties, like and then as well as like brand new artists. And um do you think fans are gonna start seeing a trend with you then with working with these older legends? Like with me, mm-hmm. you mean? Or just people with you. Well, you know, 
Yeah, well, I mean, I've got the, so this whole Papa Roach thing, I don't know, I don't know, are you familiar with what's going on with that? Mm-mm. Do you know about that? Okay, so basically, I posted a, on my TikTok, like, a sort of remake of Last Resort, and I kind of made it my own and, like, redid the whole beat, put my own verse to it, just, like, kind of did my thing all over it. And it went viral and Papa Roach ended up hearing it wow. and invited me to the studio to come fucking hang out with them. So I hung out with them and then we started messing around with the idea of like, what if we made this a full thing? Because obviously millions of people want the full track. So what if we brought in, you know, the band and and kind of redid it from the ground up using, you know, your your TikTok as a starting, you know, point for it. And then we'll just kind of make it the full thing. We'll have Jacoby sing the hook, who's the singer of Pop Roach. Jacoby will have him recut the hook with the new verses, the new all this new shit. So we started messing around with it. And that night I posted a video on social media about like the new fucking last resort. Like we're on our 21, 2021 shit, baby. And fucking it just blew up. It was me and the singer, Jacoby just kind of running around the studio performing and it got like 4 million hits. We got a bunch of press and like, it just fucking went crazy. So now we're releasing, we, we ended up coming together, finishing the track, making the full thing. And now we're releasing like last resort for a whole new generation. Essentially with a whole new, with a whole new sound together me and pop roach we're doing a music video for it this month and i think it's coming out in january um i don't know if i was supposed to say that or not but i just did so <laughs> there you go <laughs> wow but yeah and aiming for the january release and i just think that's a really special thing and i think it's a crazy idea just the idea that we can take a band who had a, their like biggest hit you know ever from 20 years ago and go and actually remake it like not even just a cover song but like remake it with new parts new verses new production Mm -hmm. for a new era with a new artist i just think that's like the coolest shit ever and everybody's just been flipping out about it like everybody on my team everybody on their team the label like everybody has just been like going nuts over this song because it's just special that's how it's just it's a crazy idea and it's special and so like so to answer your question, yes. Like I, I love the idea of continuing to just like push this culture forward by honoring where it's come from, mm-hmm. you know, and then taking it and running with it into the 2020s and making it something new. For sure. So at the beginning of the interview, you're kind of talking about like how you have like humble beginnings and that learning about authenticity was like important to you. So now that you do have this record deal, you're getting all these views on, on TikTok. How do you make sure that if it's even like important to you that you don't kind of end up like, like a post Malone where he starts out with like no tattoos or anything. Now he's completely covered with tattoos. People still love his music, but they kind of think he's like sold out. Do you, are you, do you have a plan to have like a conscience effort, conscious effort of staying true to yourself throughout this industry? Well, yeah, (laughs) you know, like I, (sighs) I want to try to say this without sounding like a cocky motherfucker, but I am not like other artists and I will not, I have such a crazy vision for what I want my music to sound like at least in this first phase Mm -hmm. and that's what it's going to sound like to create it the ground up and i already am slash have been creating it but like you know and if i want to change something later anything i do is always going to be a product of whatever the fuck i want to do as an artist so if later on down the road it's something different than what i'm doing now then that's then just know that that is genuinely what I wanted to make. You know what I mean? It has nothing to do with anybody influencing or anything or whatever. It's like, 
I want to fucking make the music I want to make and I don't much care about anything else. You know what I mean? Like, I just, I don't know. I just, there, there's a difference between some people. I don't know. I don't want to talk shit about anybody. Cause I don't, I don't even really know that many people yet in the industry, but mm-hmm. you know, you have to imagine, you have to imagine that some artists get involved in music, you know, for different reasons other than they want to make some sort of artistic, you know, impact. You know what I mean? They love music. They have fun. They want to party. They want to get rich. Maybe they're kind of good at it. Maybe they want to rap or do this or that or whatever, whatever it is, you know, but there are always going to be those artists that just come in and, and you can just, you can tell when a fucking artist is an artist, you know what I mean? Or you can tell when like there's a pop, like a fucking manufactured, poppy like this pop motherfucker is just you know packaged by a team of 100 people that have to make it look and sound and feel a certain way you can tell that you can feel it you know you can just feel when you're gonna feel when something is real or authentic or if it's not you know what i mean right and um you know my my goal is just to always get as creative and wild as i want to get and to never let and anything get in the way of that. Like, like um, if I did an album and it completely flopped, but I wanted to do a similar type of album right afterwards, I would do it and I wouldn't care. You know what I mean? Like just whatever. Right. So before this TikTok success, did you have like a manager and a team or did everything leading up to TikTok, did you just do all on your own and your own thought process? Um, well, I had, I wouldn't say I had a team, but I did have a good buddy, my best friend and fucking co-producer and just mad fucking genius. Uh, his name is Sako. I met him like a year and a half ago ish. And we just kind of teamed up and like started working on the vision for what our, like what the music is going to sound like and who I am as an artist. And he's helped me a lot in like realizing that, like just, you know, coming to grips with that and just, you know, kind of just pushing me in all the right ways, you know, and everybody needs a fuck. Nobody does it alone. Nobody does it all alone. Everyone needs fucking support and good teammates on their side that understand their vision and can help like make it a reality. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it was kind of me and him just like fucking doing it just us two for the past, you know, basically since the beginning of the year, essentially him and I have just been working on everything together and I, and I would take trips to LA and stay at his house and you know, all that shit. And then once everything started really blowing up and I started, you know, everything started moving really quickly. That's when I met my manager and the label and the team and and everything else like that. So, um, but I will say, you know, I've done, I've always had a very like independent entrepreneurial kind of spirit and like always knew that like nobody can do it except for you. You know what I mean? And like, nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to care about you succeeding more than you are. So you might as well fucking do everything you can to do it. So that's why I tried, you know, that's why I taught myself how to produce and everything. So I'm extremely involved and like, and have done a lot, but I would not be here without my fucking teammates, man. For sure. It seemed like you had a pretty supportive family to put you in all those like rock band camps and everything like that. So, Oh yeah, dude, my parents, <laughs> I had some good fucking parents, you know, like I just, I had, I've, I was very lucky to not have the, you know, parents who didn't support the crazy dream. I had the parents that did support the crazy dream and were totally on board with me pursuing it and like not going to college and not doing this, that, and the other. And, you know, I am extremely thankful for that. My dad was basically like the band's roadie (laughs) throughout all. He would come to all the shows. He would pack the band with all the gear and like everything. I mean, they just, they both, both my dad and my mom, fucking supported the hell out of me so of course that's another huge reason why i've been able to you know be here for sure 
Are you still going to be doing these cover songs at all? Like the ones with your mom, like on YouTube, those definitely get a lot of views. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to do any more. I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not, I don't live in the same place as my mom anymore. Sure. So like, you know, it's not as, you know, I can't, can't get in the same room with her as easily as I could have before. So maybe I might, I'm going home for Christmas. So I actually fucking might do one with her then just for fun. But the other cover shit and like the TikTok shit. Um, yeah. I mean, people, people like always request shit in the comments and then I'll just take the comment and like respond to it on TikTok with the cover that they're like asking me to do. But my covers are always like, I never want to make a cover that's just an actual cover. You know, like I want to make a cover that has my own verses and has my own flair. And like, I always just try to think of every cover song I do as like, what would it sound like if this was just my song? And I was just doing it. Right. So yeah, I mean, I'll do that. Sh- I'll do more of that shit just to keep up the fucking, you know, content for people and just, you know, keep keep my keep me in front of everybody's eyeballs but yeah. beyond that like I, I want to i just i have bigger aspirations than you know being a fucking cover song guy hell yeah that's important to hear so talk, talk to me about how important it is for you to like, connect with your fans like i've even noticed on like youtube videos from the very beginning you're always like liking what comments and like responding like what's the importance of of course, TikTok, you are going to get fans that you can't reach because there's like millions and millions of people there. But like, what is the importance of still having like organic growth and communicating with fans to you? I mean, as important, I mean, it's like one of the most important things for, and honestly, for any artist, like to, to be doing. And also, it's just fun as fuck. Like, <laughs> I'll, I'll go on, um, I'll go on Instagram live and just like, people request to join my live and I'll just like talk to people, you know, and it's just fun as fuck. Like it's, it's so interesting to like talk to people and just like get a feel for just like who your audience is, you know, and it's like what their personalities are like and how different they are and like all this shit. And I, I love talking to fans. I love interacting with them and everything. I keep wondering like ever since I moved to LA and I go to the grocery store, I keep wondering every day, like if, if I'm going to get recognized anywhere, you know, <laughs> Now that I have like a million followers and it's like happened so fast, I'm like, fuck, I wonder if anybody would ever like just like stop me at the store. Like when it's going to happen. And it hasn't happened yet. Actually, mm. I've still, I've still never been recognized like in public or at least I don't know. Like maybe somebody has gone, Oh, is that boat didn't like come up to me or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, like I'm fucking down. Come up, come say hi. Like I literally love, I, I love connecting with fans, like whether it's the internet or in person or over Instagram live or anything like that. Like it's fun as fuck. And like, and, and it's kind of the only thing I can do right now until I'm playing shows and touring. And like, until the world is, you know, put together enough to like have lots of live shows again. It's kind of like, you know, it's just, it's the only thing we can do. And you got to fucking embrace it and like have fun. I try to respond to like, I get a million DMs a day now. And like, I used to respond to every single one of them. Unfortunately, I literally just can't now. It's like impossible, but I try my hardest, like respond to as many as I can, mm-hmm. you know? And um, yeah, it's super important to me and it's fun as fuck. Yeah. It seems like you've had a pretty fucking successful 2020, man. Like I know artists who are just fucking struggling, but it seems like you've made the most out of it. It's crazy. It's like, it's one of those years that like either it was the worst year in your life or the best year of your life. I feel like everybody I know has that type story where it's like, fuck this year has just, everything's come crashing down on me this year. Hmm. Or this was the year that everything, like you got rich or you did this or this fucking happened. And you got, you know, it's like, it's either the year that everything went extremely well for you and like it's like the best year of your life or the worst year of your life. I feel like everybody falls into one of those categories right now. Right. So do you have any uh, stories of like any shitty jobs you had now that you don't have to fucking work a job anymore? <laughs> like anything come to mind? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. So fucking hell. 
I worked at a trampoline park for like three and a half years. Which do you know what a trampoline park is? Hell yeah, there's hella. Have you ever been to one? Yeah, they're fucking dope. Like sky high and stuff like that. Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're fun to go to, but to fucking work at, oh my god, <laughs> uh, dude, the amount of bitchy parents and like nightmare like bratty kids that you have to deal with on a daily basis oh my god it was fucking terrible it was so bad it it was it was like i remember i i felt it's like i actually really liked the job for like the first year or something like that and um i kind of rose the ranks and like became a shift lead and you know and i was good at it and i cared like i wanted to do a good job but at the time I was like a year and a half or like two years into it, I remember I would feel like people would come in a lot. We'd get like a rush of people coming in and I'd feel actual, like I would like hate them. Yeah. I'd be like, go away. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it's not that fun. It's really not and like, <laughs> Oh, I knew, I knew I needed to quit once I started getting emotional about people like coming in and like just using the business, which, you know, fuck me, right. They're paying my bills, but like, you know, I just like, I, I just, I grew to very much dislike it a lot. Yeah. And, and also because when you're the type of person when you have like, you know, your dreams and like, all I wanted to do was make music and pursue that. But I was having to spend 40 hours a week at this, shitty fucking job that I hated you know like it, it's just it makes the job worse if you are the type of person that's just like I'm just gonna like try to have a job or whatever you know and like that's fine then you know you know go for it but like man I just knew I I had such a internal fire to like create something else and I just needed more time to put into it than what I was you know, being able to with having to work a fucking full-time job and not kill myself. Obviously I could have like, you know, worked day and night. Like I could have never slept or something, you know, and just, but like, obviously then I would literally fucking go nuts. So yeah, I really hated it like towards the end and it was shitty. Um, and then eventually like when my lease was running out at one of my apartments, my, my parents were like, you know, we know you hate your job and dad just got, got a fucking good job opportunity. So we're, you know, doing a little better financially. If you just want to fucking come live, come move back home and work on music, you know, wow. and you can. So that's what the fuck I did. I know not a, not exactly a Rich's story or anything like that, but fucking hell. If it wasn't for that, if it wasn't for that like year and a half, I was able to like go home and just like, focus on music like literally all i thought about all i did every day guarantee i would not be here right you know? so That's crazy super thankful for that and you know was so happy to quit that goddamn job dude mm-hmm. i hated that and i was like i remember just being like so like i remember feeling like life was perfect i was like dude life is so perfect right now it's like even even though I wasn't even like successful or he wasn't even I was poor, you know, like I didn't wasn't making any money for music or anything. It was still like just so much better than wasting away at a terrible job that you don't like when you know what you really want to do. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I have a similar story. I um I worked at Starbucks, which is like fucking created in Seattle, you know, so there's fucking Starbucks in every single corner. That, that's the quintessential Seattle job is starbucks yeah and i worked at this drive-thru starbucks and um i'm not i'm not not a morning person but if i don't have to get up early i prefer not to but if i have to i'll do it so i had a shift where i'd have to wake up at like six my job started at starbucks at like seven and i did that for a few months at starbucks and it was like a drive-thru starbucks it was the exact same people in line every single day with the exact same order without like there was never one person out of line it was exact same people it was a fucking (laughs) cycle and i was like what the fuck is going on i'm tired i'm still waking up this is a dream it was a fucking cycle over and over and over again i was like 
fuck this. I'm out of here. It's just like when you're a creative, like added. You 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 don't want to be doing something meaningless when you could be doing something else that's productive for your helpful career. So is that is that when you started the podcast? So I actually um, was lucky enough to go to a high school that had a radio station. So I was part of their radio program. And I had a school project where I was supposed to interview um, one of my idols. So I interviewed two radio hosts in the Seattle area that I like admired from elementary school through high school. And I interviewed them. And um, the next thing I know, the station offered me a job. And I started working at the radio station. And... Um, I was like, oh, shit, when am I going to become the next uh, on-air mic? And they're like, oh, buddy, you need a long time till then. You know how old these how old these mics are? These guys are usually like in their 30s and 40s. You're 18. You have a long way to go. So I created the podcast as like a resume builder realistically because I knew that school wasn't really for me either because, first of all, there's no radio program in Washington. So I'd have to, if I wanted to really – save up money and then go to out of state, it still would have been just like not worth it. I would have had to get an AA and at a like community college and then transfer out of state just to get like a radio degree that may or may not help me when, like you said, you can just blow up online at this point. So like over the past year, I've done over a hundred interviews versus just like going to college to learn exactly what I've learned on my own through like YouTube or other uh, podcasters, it, artists. Amazing. Yeah, dude, real life, real life experience it's fucking uh it's the it's like the old-fashioned way of learning actually do it trying shit and doing shit and you know putting your neck on the line and like just going for things and learning a lot along the way like mm-hmm. is this it's like it's like the obvious solution that's in front of all of our faces but we just like aren't aware of it you know everybody's so fucking in the system you know, just like do this, do that, whatever. Everybody's still in the fucking system, but like, dude, it's so obvious to just like, dude, just go do shit. Just go <laughs> shit. Like, go out there in real life in the real world and try shit and take risks, and you will learn. Like, that is what learning is. Mm-hmm. So, do you have any advice for people that are like trying to build up like their YouTube channels, Instagrams? Because like, you've it seems like you've done a pretty good job even before TikTok of getting the views. Yeah. Um, I mean, something that I've learned about social media in general is that they all feed off of each other. So if I have something that pops off on Twitter, then I will get some more Instagram followers. If I have something that pops off on YouTube, I'll get more Twitter and Instagram followers. If I have something that pops off on TikTok, I'll get more Instagram followers. If I have something that pops off on YouTube, I'll get more TikTok followers. You know, it's like they're all connected in some way. If you have a name that's connected and if you have all your links there and shit, obviously, but you know, like the main, like the first cover I ever did that went viral was the me and my mom cover of Tatiana. (laughs) That one went viral on Twitter first. Mm. Like it was a, it was a Twitter thing for um, the main part of it. And then I posted on YouTube and it bled on into YouTube and kind of slowly grew there, which helped me get some more subscribers. So then the next time I'd post a cover, you know, it's like, you just, you just need to build the, up the momentum. Cause like, it's like the, it's like, if I have a viral video idea, but I have zero followers and I post it, it could go viral. But if I have a viral video idea and I have a million followers, it's probably going to go viral because mm-hmm. like, you have that initial base of virality to it already. You know what I mean? You have that initial thing. And so you just have to like keep trying and like keep going and just like, you know, just keep building up the momentum because every little thing helps, you know, like every little, every subscriber, every follower, every, everything helps. Like it's, it's, you know, I still don't even have, what do I have? Like almost 30,000 Instagram followers. Like that's not even, that's not even very much at all compared to like, not most people, you know what I mean? But, you know, it all happened in the past couple of months. So, you know, it can only happen so fast, but you know, it's just like, you just kind of got to like make sure that all your social medias are interconnected and you're posting kind of shit that could do well on anything. Post a tweet that could go viral, post a really good YouTube video that could do something. 
post a good Instagram post that could get shared, post a good TikTok to do this. And then once they start all interconnecting and you start building up these little fan bases on every platform, then they'll just all start growing even more and bouncing off of each other. And, you know, it just becomes easier and easier to build it that way. So, you know, it's not really that it's like, there's no secret to it. You know what I mean? It's just like post good shit, build momentum, get followers, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's not, it's like, just like that. So with like these record deals and uh, businesses reaching out to you, is it literally just like, once you get a platform, they literally just randomly call you. Like, how does how did it happen that you? Listen, just- I'll 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 tell you. <laughs> it, shit was crazy. So the damn TikTok went viral, and then like two or three weeks later, I dropped the full song. So the damn TikTok went viral, and then and then I kept posting a bunch more like TikToks and just kept kept increasing my followers, and I went from like you know nothing to like five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand followers or something like that in that first like month and then um the day it's like everybody it's like it's like that put all the labels and businesses and shit like on alert or something oh who's jared johnson okay we know about him let's keep an eye on him and then the day i dropped damn the fucking first release day we got like 16 fucking record labels hit me up wow in one it's like everybody was watching and waiting to see if I would do anything real, you know? And then the day I dropped the real song and they could hear the full thing or whatever, it was like, oh shit. And they all fucking came knocking on the door. And it's just, I don't know. And I guess, and I assume that's like pretty normal to be honest. Like if you're a social media person, that's like rising. Cause like the only way to discover people now is from the internet really or like your friend telling you about an artist or something but like but even that's like oh your friend's sending you a link to a music video or like a you know just like social media and the internet is how we discover shit it's how we discover music it's how we discover artists and so naturally if you get popular on social media for any reason you'll have all kinds of people looking at you and finding you and who knows what they would could do for you who knows what you could do for them who knows how you could team up who knows this like you never know. So it's just like, you know, the internet is, and I say this almost unfortunately, but like the internet is where we live our lives uh, in a lot of ways. And so in the same way that you, that 30 years ago, you had to go fucking build a fan base and, and, you know, get so fucking you drunk. <laughs> yeah, dude, you had to get followers in real life, you know? You have to do it now on the internet. You fucking have to, if you're going to make it and because you got to remember too, like the, I'm sure there are the occasional people, like people who are just so fucking talented that have no social media presence or whatever. They just happen to meet somebody right and get the right opportunity and they get to develop it. Like, you know, kind of with the thing from the ground up and 99% of the time labels or people or the industry wants to see that people are succeeding on their own first Mm -hmm. because that's like a proof of concept you know it's like oh he's got something that people like you know he's already winning completely independently you know what i mean and even being an independent artist is like a fucking huge like thing for a lot of people now that is like growing increasingly becoming more and more possible to be awesome you know just like being a completely independent artist it's like a lot of hard work and and it's a lot less money usually at first, but you know, people are doing some pretty incredible shit with that kind of thing now too. So there's a million ways to slice it. And, but, but the one way, the one thing that's consistent across all of it, 99% of the time is building up that fucking internet shit, man. It's, it's just, it's the, it's the 2020s, yeah. you know, just how life is. For sure. So I like to think of interviews as like timestamps whether it's me looking back at my interviews or my guests looking back at their interviews or fans looking back at their interviews. So with all this newfound success, if you're going to watch this again in like a year, what would you want to tell your future self? (laughs) (laughs) Um, That's a good question. Uh, I would tell my future self to fucking 
make sure that you're still having fun because like, dude, the past two months have been the most fun time period of my entire life by far. Like the most adventurous, the most fun, the craziest, like all that shit. But there's been the occasional moment of like just taking it too seriously. Like I just find myself taking it too seriously or something. You know what I mean? Or like, oh, I just have to be like successful. Or I have to go viral or I have to do this or whatever. And like at the end of the day, man, just like who cares, dude? Like life is just about really having fun. And like obviously being successful and like making a name for yourself and like making an impact is fun. But, like, make sure you're just still fucking having fun, like, playing music. That was the whole reason that I decided to go with music over anything else, because I had fun doing it, you know? And I didn't have fun doing other things. It was work. This I just have fun doing. So just fucking make sure you're still having fun and not taking anything too seriously, Jairus. Okay? (laughs) Hell yeah. So what is the easiest way for fans to reach out to you? Fucking, um, well, honestly, right now it's probably like Instagram. Go follow my Instagram, Jarris Johnson. I mean, all my social medias are my, is my name, except for Twitter. Twitter is kill Jarris J. But TikTok, Jarris Johnson. Instagram, Jarris Johnson. But TikTok, you can't really DM me or anything like that. Instagram, you can. So fucking DM me on Instagram. Follow me there. Subscribe on YouTube. You know, just fucking all the, all the social media. But if you're trying to talk to your boy, you know. Do, do the whole Instagram thing. Comment. I try to read every comment and at least like them, you know, or whatever. And I, I get a lot of, like, interaction from Instagram, mainly, you know. And, you know, who knows? I, I'm thinking about starting, like, a Discord and shit, too. Like, and, like, you know, maybe Twitch and stuff, too. So, I'm, like, I'm, I'm, I'm wrestling around with the idea of some other more interactive, like, platforms, too. But for now, fucking Instagram. Hell, yeah. And, yeah, Jairus just always remember to evolve. Evolving and growth is so important. It's just, it's, it's what, yeah, dude. It's the main thing. Well, We're right back at you, bro. Hell yeah. Keep it going. <laughs> well, this is the NAS podcast with Jarvis Johnson. Hell yeah. <laughs>